Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. While alternative models of care aren't specific to the pandemic, it was a jumping off point for new ways of doing things. An unofficial mantra of clinical innovation is providing the right care from the right person at the right place and time. And these pioneering projects are leading the way in developing services with this in mind. Thank you for having me here today to talk about the Respiratory Acute Discharge Service, otherwise known as RADS. I'm quite humbled to talk because I, I've heard some really good presentations while I've been here, and there's obviously some really good work going on, and my service is quite small in comparison. So I took over the management of the respiratory nursing team back in 2018 and was promptly asked for a winter bed strategy for respiratory patients, particularly COPD, but with no extra funding available. And as a team, we quickly worked together to redesign what we were doing within our team to produce a hospital avoidance service. It was a challenge that really paid off and we achieved some really good results in our early days and we even won an award. The thing was that we didn't expect 2020 to bring us a respiratory pandemic, which obviously was quite scary for a respiratory team. <laughs> So the objectives of RADS, patients who have simple exacerbations of COPD generally stay in hospital for six days. That's our expected length of stay. The idea of RADS is that patients are discharged at day four or prior to that. Patients who have simple exacerbations of COPD do not need complex care. They generally just need prednisolone and antibiotics just to get them back to their baseline and then they can deal with the rest of it with sputum clearance etc. Our other main objective is obviously hospital avoidance and we really wanted to get to know the COPD community so that they would have a trust in us and ring us rather than QAS when they got scared about their symptoms and we wanted to provide a really good link with general practitioners and community nurses so that they could also troubleshoot with us rather than using the emergency department. Because for our patients to come into the emergency department during COVID is obviously a complete disaster. Just to remind anybody who, or, you know, is not familiar with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is a horrible disease. It causes severe breathlessness frequent infective or non-infective exacerbations which are really debilitating for the patients. It causes disability and terrible anxiety. 
and for our anxious patients who are already so compromised to come into an emergency department where we're dealing with a respiratory pandemic is extremely scary. So we wanted to reduce this for them, but also because isolation became a really important factor within the emergency department, as it will in all your centres. And so if somebody is turning up with the symptoms of sputum production, a cough, maybe a temperature, they're requiring isolation because you don't know who's got just an exacerbation of COPD or who's got COVID. So it was really, really important all round to keep those guys out of our hospitals. Also, admission to hospital is a poor prognostic factor for people who have COPD. And we know that those patients who have two admissions or more in a year are more likely to die within the following 12, 18 months. So it's also, you know, another important consideration. So our team is only a small team. I'm the respiratory nurse practitioner and the clinical lead for the team. And then we have four FTE of clinical nurse who provide education, monitoring. We also have an acute CNC who is very helpful in managing the team. But we also have other work that we do in managing malignant pleural effusions, um, severe asthma, biologics, IPF, pulmonary rehab. So we are quite busy, but the, the good thing is that we're looking after all our respiratory patients and our little team pops up in different areas of their journey. So people get to know us really well and that has helped in gaining people's trust and their use of our service. Our process is very simple. There's no complex referral system. The consultant will refer to us in the hospital or the registrar, whatever. We will happily fill in the referral for them and just get them to sign it so that we haven't got any barriers in getting people home. We try and make everything as simple as we possibly can. If a GP rings up with a, point, with a patient for us to see, we'll get the patient seen before we worry too much about getting the paperwork all in order. You know, we do the right thing, of, of course, but the patient is the priority, not the paperwork. So generally, the doctor will call us and say they've got a patient who's got COPD, or most likely we'll have spotted the patient already on IEMR because we have somebody constantly scanning IEMR for um, admissions to the emergency department. We'll go down and review that patient and look if they are a likely candidate for early supported discharge. And if they are, we have a conversation. And if the medical team are happy, then we get wheels in motion so that we can get them out of the hospital as soon as possible and free up that bed. If a patient is in the community, We'll assess them over the phone and every patient gets seen within 24 hours of the phone call. So obviously, if there was a need for more urgent treatment, we would tell that person to come in. But we really try and avoid that as much as we can. Access pathways for the respiratory acute discharge team are simple. It's patients who present to our facilities across the Sunshine Coast. Patients presenting to outpatient clinics who appear to be unwell, patients who call in who we already know, or GP referrals, or maybe community nurse referrals. I've got to apologise for putting financial year to date on this slide. I've lost a few brain cells in the, during the pandemic. 
but during the previous financial year, 20 to 21, we cared for 524 individual patients and saved a total of 702 bed days. 50% of our referrals came from the community, which is really encouraging and means that we're getting out there, people are getting to trust us and know us, and we really feel like we've built up some good relationships with family as well. So I didn't mention earlier, but over the years, I've worked in a couple of early discharge services, uh, one in England, and also I set up a similar service in Sydney at the Prince of Wales Hospital. And I'm always quite surprised how people are so accepting of a non-traditional model of care. We always think that elderly people are quite stuck in their ways, and particularly patients who have COPD are so, who are so anxious and use our facilities a lot it looks like they really want to be in the hospital but in actual fact they don't and they're really happy to be nursed at home knowing that they're going to get the care that they need and knowing that you're going to escalate care if there's a deterioration this is some further patient satisfaction data and when we you know we did like a a little audit a study and out of 38 patients only two patients said that they felt safer cared for in the hospital so I mean it's very important to make sure the patient is obviously happy to go home and to be nursed at home but that is quite a small number of course compared to the amount of patients that we've asked some of the things that the patients noticed about our service were you know not surprising I suppose but it was nice to see that they'd thought about other things that were important to them such as their loved ones were able to visit them. They were able to get up and make themselves a drink rather than sitting in the bed waiting for someone to answer the buzzer or to get their ordeen to settle their anxiety-related dyspnea. So it was good to see that the patients had, you know, a positive idea on, on staying at home. So in conclusion to, to this presentation, I'd like to um, mirror what was said earlier that the secret of a successful service, I feel, is its simplicity, not making referral pathways complex, being helpful within the referral pathway so that you can, you know, service your patients. Nurse-led services provide excellent alternatives to traditional care, particularly nurse practitioners are very handy in this kind of scenario. And you don't really need all the bells and whistles. You can produce a really good service out of a very small team. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.